Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Do I Still Love It? The podcast that's the real reason you begged for a Happy Meal. Uh, I'm Marshall James. <laughs> and I'm Laura Weiss. And every week, Laura and I ask a guest over to watch a movie that they loved when they were a kid to see whether or not now they love it now that they're a grown-up. And that little kid all grown up is musician and songwriter Darcy Kendall. Hi, everybody. Hey, Darcy. Hello, Darcy. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. And Darcy, you've brought with you uh, the first, no, not the first musical we've done. No. Okay. <laughs> Far so from I, it. For a second, I thought, uh, It is the first musical completely with Newsboys. That's true. <laughs> the first. We're, we're doing 1992's uh, Newsies. And I have to admit, this was a movie that I didn't even know existed. And I have to admit, when I found out that Marshall had never even heard of this movie, I almost dumped him because I was like, "Who are you?" It is tragic. I it mean, is a tragic. I mean, like maybe maybe not dump you, but maybe I should just show you the light. And then Darcy <laughs> rolls in. She's like, "I want to watch Newsies," and I was just like, "Yeah!" <laughs> All right. Well, so speaking of uh, Newsies, Darcy, can you break down in like ten seconds or less? What do you remember the plot of Newsies being about? Uh, Newsies, the plot of Newsies is about the uh, newsboy strike of, I think, 1899 or 1900. You're right. Yes. Uh-huh. That's, that's <laughs> what it is. Uh, I think that was 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> I mean, and were there any parts of this movie that really stuck out to young Darcy? Hmm. Um, I mean, there's a couple fight scenes, if I remember correctly, <laughs> with... Uh, with newsboys fighting newsboys, um, like sh- like sharks and jet style. You know, like Kinda. it's actually really funny. As as I'm thinking about, I have not seen Newsies since I was like mm-hmm. six or seven, but I love this movie. And then in my teen years, I was at, I loved West Side Story, uh-huh. and only in this moment am I seeing the two concurrently playing in my mind? And I'm just like, there's just boy fights on the streets of New York. That's just, it's like the same thing, but very different. Yeah, there's a couple fights. Because there's first, there's fights because they form a union together. And so there's fights between the newsboys in the union and then the scabbers who are agreeing to work even when it's a strike. Oh. And then there's also fights, I believe, because they have uh, the main character, uh, I don't remember why they're why they're chasing him, but he like he was an orphan and he escaped or something. I don't know. He's being pursued um, from an a orphanage. Lot. Yes, uh, which is criminal. <laughs> I don't remember. That's <laughs> no, all right. So what is so Laura? You said you were about six. Darcy, do you remember when uh, when about you were? How old you were when you last saw it? Um, let's see. Well, I, w- I was five when it came out, but I definitely did not see it then. I think I saw it in maybe early middle school, like seventh grade. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and what was Little Darcy like back then that made Newsies really resonate for her? I was just figuring out how much I loved musicals. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, because I always had, but I didn't really catch on to the fact that like oh this is a whole big thing like it's it's its own <laughs> culture almost um until i hit about middle school and i was in a lot of um uh, online chat rooms and live journals and things and finding people who shared these uh interests with me and so there was i i remember a friend of mine who was really into newsies and she was the reason that i wanted to rent it from the video store in the first place um, nice. An internet friend of yours? Yes, an, a friend of mine who was who I met on 
I think I met on LiveJournal or in a chat room for Backstreet Boys fans. Nice. So I feel like this is one of the earliest occasions of a human I never met gave me something <laughs> that changed the course of my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was my friend. Her name, her real, actual, real-life name was Madonna Flowers. Whoa. Madonna Flowers, if you are out there... <laughs> I yeah. If you are out there, please hit us up on Live Journal. On Live Journal, uh, for those of you listeners of the podcast who are too young to remember, Live Journal was a thing where you could just write about your day on the internet before Facebook or Twitter made it so that brevity was the soul of wit. And there I was think a time before just the word blog. Yeah, it was like a pre-blog, but also social media. Right, because yeah. at the time people were still saying web blog. Yes, <laughs> blog is short for weblog. <laughs> I literally forgot that. And log as in like a journal, like a captain's log. Yes, but it was it was much more, the comments section was much more active than like blogs these days because it was like a personal thing where you could post like stuff about your life like Facebook and people would respond to it. Right. But it was also a blog. Yeah, so yeah. there was there was on live journal there was personal blogs and then there was communities which was a blog that lots of people could post in. Um, kind of like Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I guess. Someday, someday someone will break down the evolution of uh, social media on the internet. Suffice to say, LiveJournal was sort of like the beginning of it, and because of it, Darcy found out that there were other people who loved musicals <laughs> just like her. So won't you join us in figuring out whether or not you're one of those people and watch 1992's Newsies? I tell the city how to think. I tell the city how to vote. I shape its future. Extra, extra. Publisher Joseph Pulitzer ran New York City. There's lots of money down there in those streets, gentlemen. I want to know how I can get more of it. Newsboy Jack Kelly was running from his past. You were in jail? Well, I was starving, so I stole some food. He had nothing until Pulitzer's greed charged the newsies more for their papers. They can't get away with this. Gave him something to fight for. Are we just gonna take what they give us? No. Or are we gonna strike? Yeah! Walt Disney Pictures presents an all-new musical event featuring seven new songs from the Academy Award-winning composer of The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. the most powerful man in New York City. You have to fight them. I want an example made to those who would dare to leave. If we don't act together, then we're none. We don't stick together, we're none. I'll break you, boy. So what's it gonna be? In 1899, he challenged the power of the press and discovered the power of the people. Sometimes all it takes a voice. Strike! It becomes a hundred. And then a thousand. Christian Bale and Robert Duvall. Newsies. Hi, everyone. Okay, so (laughs) that was uh, 1992's Newsies. And Laura is still singing and dancing King of New York (laughs) in here. Uh, You guys, I realized as we got into King of New York that I did my third grade recital tap dance to that number. And you immediately got up and started doing it. She remembered it. 
Yeah, I remember like a little, little bit of it, which is a surprise. It's not usually how my brain works. But uh, yeah, no, this one hit me straight in the feels. (laughs) Darcy Kendall, do you have any childhood recitals uh, tied to Newsies? <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I was in I was in junior high when I discovered this first. Um, I, I definitely remember watching it many, many times, singing all the songs. Um, but no, no tap dancing. <laughs> so since you, uh, I'm fascinated by the fact that this came out of internet land for you. So did <laughs> yes. you, was this like a solo love for you? Did you ever have any friends that you shared it with? Or was this like a thing that you like sang by yourself and you were like, it's your thing? Um, well, my uh, uh, my siblings are triplets. I have triplets. Oh, okay. And oh, wow. so a lot younger of Younger or older? They're younger. They're four okay. and a half years younger. Um, but still, like, that's close enough when you're young yeah. um, that my mom often would have us watch movies <laughs> to, like, get a break from us for a while. Sure. Um, and this was a frequent choice for us to watch. So I shared my love of it, especially with my sister. We actually, I was thinking um, most of the notes I wrote down during it were actually, like, personal things that came up. They weren't, like, about the plot at all. And one <laughs> one of them was, like, some of my sister, uh, some of our inside jokes that I have with my sister came from this movie, and I forgot until I saw them. I, it's just like something we've been doing forever, and I was like, oh, that came from Newsies. I love oh, it when you when so you funny. reconnect with that yes. thing. You're like, I have been saying that for 25 years. I forgot where I it came know. from. So what's, what is one of them? Let the, us know. <laughs> the first one that struck me was um, whenever one of us accidentally laughs, like, uh-huh, the other one will go, uh-huh. And that came straight I from... I noticed when, that, when they did that, when and it was like a mocking thing. Yes. Um, Christian Bale mocked the mocked David at the very their first meeting. For and, mocking him, basically. Yeah, he, yeah he, he, he mock like a mock, remock. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He, he, yeah, it is a remock. And I heard your response was like, so gleeful. So I love the fact <laughs> that you're like, oh my God, a touchstone of my relationship with my sister. Just like became obvious to I me. just thought we made fun of each other's laughs because we were sisters. I forgot no. it came from this movie. Exactly. No, you were taught that by a television. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was just other stuff that I did remember came from there, but just, like, only comes up in the context of this movie. Like, um, when, when they're cutting the cake at David's house, David goes, I'll get the knife. Like, really <laughs> joyfully. <laughs> and, it, like, it only sticks out to you after you watch the movie, like, 15 times. But, like, whenever my sister and I are, are eating or something and one of us has to get the knife, I'll get the knife! And it came from there. And I That's forgot. awesome. Yeah. yeah, so speaking <laughs> of David's family, um, so you remembered it correctly. This follows the, so, like, you know, obviously it's a musical, so highly fictionalized account of the actual... How dare you? This is exactly how it was <laughs> yeah. supposed to be. And uh, our head orphan, played by Christian Bale, at, at one point he is invited to stay with the two brothers that he has taken under his wing to teach them how to be good newsies. And we meet what has to be the quaintest New York turn-of-the-century family of all time, (laughs) including Dad with the Broken Arm, who's really glad that his 14 and six-year-old sons are out there. He's 10, but he's supposed to look seven. Oh. Yeah. Sells more more papers if he's younger. Right. And uh, there's just a point where he's like, why don't you get that cake out of the icebox? I know you're hunting. <laughs> Dad, that's for your birthday tomorrow. Well, I want it tonight because we've got a guest We're in the celebrating. House. Yeah, we're celebrating yeah. the stack of quarters my sons brought home because I'm not yet appalled by child labor. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, child labor is the only thing keeping that family afloat right now That's because true. he lo- he broke his arm at the factory and, and was just cut off because yep. you know what they didn't have? Workman's comp. Mm-hmm. Or workers' or protection. Social Secur- yeah. Workers' protection, period. Yeah. This uh, so the interesting thing about this movie is that it's a as as Laura put it this is a kids movie about unionization <laughs> and s- like social inequality and seizing the means of production yeah, <laughs> yeah. so Darcy do you feel like those messages got through to you as a as a wee one um I I don't know i mean i was i was a pretty precocious kid so i was like vaguely aware of the historical significance of it but i i don't think it came through on any sort of of level like how significant it was that way no 100 percent not <laughs> no i i've learned as an adult that this is what newsies is about but as a small child newsies was about dancing paper boys that was it <laughs> And so, and I find that fascinating. I think that you you rarely run into a movie marketed at children that has such a uniquely important message. Mm-hmm. That is, they they do a really good job of writing the line between digging into the concept of um, workers' rights uh, deeply enough that they give a rich plot, but. They, they still keep it surface enough that it can be a fun kids movie. And so we dig into movies on this show all the time where we're like, oh, I totally missed that, you know. But this is a really fascinating one because it really shows you that from the eyes of a child, there are just so many things that can go straight over your head. Mm. This is an entire movie that is on the nose about creating a union and doing a strike. And I did not know that until I was told that in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And so I've never seen this movie with the understanding of what it's actually about. Though I've probably seen that movie. I probably saw it like a dozen times between like six and eight. Yeah. And they're know? very blatant. Like the, yeah. oh, the very. O- opening sequence is like, we're going to start a union and we're going to go on strike. Yeah. Because we newsies have got no protection. Yeah. When we're selling our papes. I have to listen to these kids <laughs> say papes. <laughs> Can we talk about how painful? At least a hundred times. Yeah. Can we talk about how painful many of their accents were? Oh my gosh. When we got into the we got into the very very first scene, and all these boys start coming on, and they're talking like you know, (laughs) it's just I was instantly like, I'm gonna hate this movie. (laughs) (laughs) They're all. They all have terrible accents. They all have different accents. Half the time it's work, and the other half it's woik. 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 Yeah. But, like, within the same character. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and so this is the funny thing is because we have, like, Christian Bale... So Christian Bale, who's our who's our head newsboy, <laughs> our head singing, dancing, yeah, wistful newsboy, and uh, you know he did. I don't think he missed his calling doing musical theater. <laughs> I don't feel like it was really. I don't feel like I saw the fire inside him. And uh, <laughs> there definitely it. There were a few moments of like action where I was like, "Yes, action star is what you're destined for." Not singing, not song and dance, man, Mr. Bale. I mean, he wasn't too bad, but um, Darcy, you mentioned that he doesn't speak about this movie, right? No, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen like extensive interviews with him about it. But on the few that I've seen, whenever it's like a like an um, they'll take fan questions type of a thing, if anybody brings up newsies, he shuts that down real quick. He just does not like to talk about it. <laughs> 
Um, I, I don't remember if he's ever explained why, but I know he's he's not a fan of that movie. <laughs> um, well, and it's interesting. So when Newsies came out, it was definitely a bomb. Mm. Uh, really? It, it was incapable of recouping its $15 million budget. Now, really? Think about that. $15 million for this big a production seems uh, a kind steal. of a miracle. Yeah. yeah. Like, Disney was, like, even in 1992, like, this is a massive musical filled with hundreds of extras all dancing. In fact, there were times where I couldn't focus <laughs> on anything going on in the dance sequence because there's so many people and it's mm. framed in a way where you can't see exactly what everyone's yeah, doing. $15 million with that many actors. Do you guys think they went non-union? <laughs> <laughs> would not surprise me. Nah, I don't think Disney would be able to do that. So you guys want to guess, knowing that it didn't make back $15 million, how much money do you think box office this made? Ooh. I don't know, like seven? Oh, lower than that. Lower no. than seven? Yeah. What? In the movie theaters, this movie made only $2.8 <gasps> million dollars domestically. What? what? Yeah, this was a colossal box office. Wow. Okay, no, that, that but, actually blows my mind. Yeah. And it's especially crazy when you think about like the fact that uh, like $2 million is so nothing. So mm. the fact that that's all it made. But the thing is, it went on to make a decent amount of money in home video rentals. And that's where the cult status around Newsies right, right. came. I don't think we would have a Newsies Broadway show if it wasn't for VHS tapes. That's really fascinating to me because I was into this movie when it came out. Mm-hmm. And so I put this up there with all the other Disney musicals. I just thought they were all swimming in the same league. I had no idea that this was like the... You know, like sad stepchild in the corner of the '90s Disney musical world. Yeah, I had no idea. That's fascinating and makes me very sad. I don't think I did either. Although I did notice whenever I would talk about it that a lot of my friends like had never heard of it, didn't know what it was. It's a very forgotten Disney movie. At least it was when I was really into it. Yeah, fascinating. Well, it's interesting. So, Darcy, you were mentioning while we were watching how bizarre it is watching it that it started as a movie and not as a stage show that was then adapted into a movie yes definitely i it really struck me during the dance scenes because they look they're you know they're all very contained in this one area of the not stage i guess town square or whatever that is but it looks very like made for the stage um it was it's very interesting to watch and think that the movie came before the stage version because it looks very much very much that way Right, yeah, it's kind of like uh, you know, we we've, we've seen like Rent the the movie, mm-hmm. but it came after the TV after the the show. So I feel like part of the joy of Rent the movie or Chicago the movie is yeah, you kind of buy into the hamminess of like musical numbers cuz you know you're watching Yes, when a big when a big dance number happens in the middle of whatever room you're in, it's like, oh yeah, because this was adapted from the stage. But here, there was not that. (laughs) I think I want to say that the the first real dance number that we see is just Christian Bale alone (laughs) at night, night, just doing a full on dance number. But you, you can't tell if he's actually doing a dance number or. Like, there's no impetus for any of that. Well, and then he steals a horse. Then he steals a horse. He steals the horse. Then while riding... That's my horse! As the extra, featured extra got to say his line. (laughs) I know, that guy probably went union on that line. Oh my gosh. 
uh, it would be amazing if this show, if this movie flipped Union during it. Like, because people were pointing out the ironies. Um, but yeah, he like steals this horse. He does a he does a dance just like apropos of nothing. Then jumps on a horse and then is talking wistfully about how great it'll be when he gets to Santa Fe. And I'm like, you just stole a horse that is worth <laughs> several hundred dollars. I bet you can get to Santa Fe on the money you make from selling this horse you just stole with no problem. Or you can just ride, ride the, the horse. horse. Yeah. Yeah. Ride the horse to Santa Fe. Then you'll be a real cowboy. <laughs> it's true. So, yeah. So, basically, this this movie does revolve, or the, the movie does revolve around the actual fact that the end of the uh, 1800s the spanish american war is ramping up and to sell more to make more money the big newspapers in town all start up charging on their papers peeps. and the on the papes the peeps <laughs> and uh, nobody want to work anymore uh, important when you say upcharging, upcharging to the newsboys. Right. Yeah. Not the t- charging the actual person buying it more money. C- like, very blatantly cutting into the margin of the middlemen, mm-hmm. freelancer middlemen, or middle boys, we'll call them, mm-hmm. that they hire. Right. So forcing them either to try and sell the papers high, the papes higher. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I saw Darcy twitch out of the corner like... Uh, but um, so they have to either upsell to people or just eat that cost. And uh, I mean, in true musical form, uh, there are like true good guys and true bad guys in this. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And Robert Duvall is playing John Pulitzer and he's just awful <laughs> and has this really weird tick when he talks that I'm curious as to whether or not Pulitzer I had I did that not tick. notice this tick. Oh, yeah, like he would be like, oh, well, you go do it. Well, like he just do- becomes kind of incomprehensible. Yeah, oh, he'll, yes, exactly. Yeah, I noticed that one line that I said we we rewound a couple of times to figure out what he's saying, and I still don't know what it is. Yeah, he says something he's like, like oh, uh, they'll see what happens to those who would dare to... <laughs> like, what? <laughs> who would dare to what? He, like, grabs the guy's shirt, like, the lapels <laughs> of his shirt, and just goes... Like, he just makes a noise. Uh, but yeah, so he's playing this very loony, uh, weird character who at one point, uh, in this, in the establishing the villain scene, uh, turns to his two lackeys, one of which looks like a mustachioed buster from Arrested Development, <laughs> and the other one is obviously, like, the angel on his shoulder trying to tell him not to do bad things. That guy was so subtly, like, everyone is an asshole in this room, please... Be nice to the children. Yeah, he's like, you do. Are we, are we sure we're gonna pass on the cost to the newsboys? That <laughs> doesn't seem right. And then uh, Robert Duvall be like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so he he apropos of nothing in the middle of the villain scene and just goes, I need more ways to make money. I want seven ways to make money by tonight. <laughs> out of nowhere and then the next time we see them you know evil buster with the mustache is gone i've come up with several ways to make us more money (laughs) and like way number two is like let's upcharge the newsboys and then when they say we can't upcharge the newsboys the next thing he says is well we could cut into what we pay 
the top Upper level. Management. Oh yeah, cut the salary of the, the yeah. Yeah, and basically like looking at these two guys and saying, we have to, you guys have to make less money then. And they're basically like, well, that's dangerous. We can't <laughs> do that. We obviously have to upcharge the newsboys. Let's do that now. Yeah. This is the sort of movie where if it was to come out now, I, I would feel like, oh man, the resonance is even more so. Oh right. yeah, absolutely. This resonance didn't really exist in 1992. This felt very historical in 1992, yes, but now we're kind of back around to the point where we're having all these conversations again, mm-hmm. like in a very real way. And so, yeah, that they should re-release this. Yeah. They would make more than $2 million. Well, it's like, it's the, <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, yeah. So there's a guy, there's a boy in this who they keep calling crutchy because he uses a crutch <laughs> and he's problematic he's uh lame i guess uh but they use pretty much every single derogatory yeah. for, for a person who has a uh a bad leg um i mean of course it doesn't help that the actor himself is bad at acting like he has a bad leg because he runs and the jumps actor and himself is bad at everything <laughs> I, I had a really hard time with this character. His voice was very fingernails on a chalkboard to me. And he was of he was not convincing in his handicap at all. That's true. Um yeah, he was like doing the full dance moves with like the cane in his hand, and then when it's done, he just leans on the cane again. He does have one of my favorite lines, though. He says, uh, it's this brain of mine. It's always making mistakes. It's got a mind of its own. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good line. I noticed that one. It's one of my favorites. So the interesting thing about uh, this movie is the character of a boy with an eye patch uh, appears, and he is really just a sideline Very minor, extra. very yeah. minor character. He says a couple of lines that are swallowed up by all the other kids saying lines. The only reason I know he exists is because I went so deep into the fandom when I was younger that we, like, we researched every character, and it turns out he was in a short-lived boy band. The actor. Yes, the actor. Oh, yes. great. Not the original original one-eyed boy. (laughs) But the funny thing is the one-eyed boy is based on the real leader of the strike who went by Kid Blink, and he was a one-eyed orphan who started the actual strike in 1899, and he talked with such a heavy Brooklyn accent that newspapers would quote him in the vernacular, so it would you know, I did not know have that. him refer to me boys and, and stuff like that. Because I guess he was like an Irish kid with a Brooklyn accent. So they kind of broke him off into Blink and Spot, probably. Yes, I think that's what it is. Mm. Uh, Spot, who's the uh, the king of the Brooklyn Brooklyn boys. is here. Yeah. And he pretty much says the word Brooklyn every time he shows up. <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. The grounds uh, of Brooklyn, your honor. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, so like Kid Blink was a real character, and it's mm. believed that Kid Blink's way of saying "extra, extra, read all about it," like that that we all know and is highly parodied, was actually based on the way this weird kid would say it. That's, I mean, just the fact that he's a one-eyed kid who started a revolution of sorts is so interesting. It's amazing that they created they fabricated this totally new character instead right i mean christian bale could have rocked an ipad oh totally <laughs> so now so darcy you uh yourself are involved in a bunch of musical projects mm-hmm. and so how how do you feel like that musicals like newsies influenced you as a as a creative who now makes musicals herself oh goodness um well 
for one thing, it's a hard genre to define saying musicals like Newsies. Do you mean um, or historical just, or, just, or? or more just like Newsies? At, like you were, you mentioned earlier that ha- that uh, like watching Newsies and then getting involved on like the on internet forums made you aware that like musicals were a whole mm. like genre of themselves and like or a whole an uh, art form of themselves. So I was just kind of curious as to what sort of things that you might have absorbed watching Newsies that now influences oh, interesting. your creative process. I'm not sure. I would have to think a lot longer about like how they have influenced my writing, but I would say that that was one of the more formative... Um, uh, like, I didn't discover community theater until my junior year of high school. I lived in a very, very remote area, and um, I went to a private school. I was very sheltered, so I didn't know that you could just, like, go be in a musical until I was in high school. Um, and I saw I was in a, I was in a restaurant um, eating a tuna sandwich, and I saw... <laughs> <laughs> I have a tuna sub. And, um, I love this how specific this moment was for I mean, you. Like, it was it's very clear. the turning point of my life. Yeah, kinda. this is very clear. Like, you're like, I know exactly the, the meal I was eating when my life changed. I, yeah, love it was a tuna sub at Putnam's Waterview Restaurant downtown, uh, downtown, such as it is. And there was a casting notice for You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, the musical. And I tried out for it, and I got in it, and it led to so many things. It led to me switching schools, actually. Oh, wow. Um, and making some of the uh, some of the best friends, well, the best friends I had made at that point, mm-hmm. um, just from it was like I'd found my people. You know, it's like oh, theater people, this is a thing. <laughs> um, and and so that really uh, altered a lot because it was it was a, a thing that I wanted to be a part of. You know, my sister and I, uh, like I said, we were big fans of this movie. We were big fans of a lot of movies, a lot of musicals, and we would kind of cast it ourselves, you know, as kids do. We'd be like, oh, I'm this character and I'm that character. And Newsies was a little problematic for that because the female characters are not great. Like, the <laughs> the one that the romantic lead doesn't sing and, like, oh, doesn't have much oh, of a part yeah. at all. She doesn't she have, has, like, a single... She has one line in Once and For All. It's okay. a think about seizing the day is all yeah. she sings in the whole thing. Yeah, um, like like think very passive. Yes, yes. And then <laughs> Anne Margaret was just I mean, I I guess. I mean I wouldn't want to be that person in the musical, you know. Um Yeah. I mean you don't want to be an unnecessary character <laughs> that is yeah. only put there Star to try power. to sell tickets and yeah. it didn't work. Let's let's take a moment to talk about that. We have only two female characters in the entire thing, mm-hmm. and they are somehow conversely both love interests of Christian Bale in a very in weird. a very strange maternalistic way. Yes. Yes, that was something that was one of the few things that struck me this time that I did not re- remember or didn't pick up on before was how like almost suggestive his relationship is with Meta. Yeah. That was very Anne strange. Margaret. And they make it very clear in several songs that he's 17 years old. Right. And <laughs> and this is Anne Margaret who is looking great for sure. how old I However imagine. Old she, she is. But but I, f- I feel like at this time she was in her 50s. Yeah. But, Minimum. But, but, I would but, say. But, she, but she's like looking she's I mean she like if her character is trying to be sold to us as a woman in her late 30s or something like I buy it. She looked like she looks like young and active and stuff like that but at the same time it is weird that yeah we've established christian bale is definitely a, still a child mm-hmm. and yet their relationship is very suggestive in the 
two scenes she's in. Yeah, that is that is very strange, and that was something that I had not noticed when I was. I remember very much growing up thinking like, oh, it's cool that they have this like this friend who can help them out sometimes. <laughs> so I'm not picking up on that aspect whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I kind of saw it as it, this weird relationship that butted out of, oh, look at my, my, my friend's, uh, my friend's cute son. And mm-hmm. I also wonder, is like, was there something between his dad and her? Oh, yeah. And oh. now he's like this sexy 17-year-old, and <laughs> she's like, I have weird feelings. And he's like, I have weird feelings, too. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was There's a lot I to be explored forgot. here. Yeah. yeah, I for I because I definitely thought he was just he was an orphan completely, and it turns out his his dad is in prison. Yes, right. yeah. So I I had forgotten that bit. And it's interesting, like that. I kept waiting for there to be a bit more of a payoff. So so Christian Bale's character Jack Cowboy Kelly, <laughs> that none of those are actually his his real name because his real name is Francis Sullivan, and his mom is dead and his dad is in jail. And he's been hiding who he is, I guess, so that he can seem cool to all the street toughs. Uh, I mean, I think he's also been hiding who he is because he broke out of jail. Yeah, to make him harder to find. That's, I guess that's true. Um, and yeah, so so there is like a subplot going on where because he's run away from jail, uh, the warden of this kid's jail is always looking for him. It has like an overly creepy obsession with finding him. Right, and then, so as we... So he gets taken back into the jail, uh, and there's this whole to-do, and then he gets smuggled over to Pulitzer's house, and Pulitzer's (laughs) basically like, if you go back on the line and you start selling papes again, (laughs) and you get all the other pape sellers to pape around town, I will give you all the money you want to go away from here. And you're going to save your friends from going to jail. <laughs> and uh, the inevitable betrayal scene where everyone's <laughs> just like, how could you do this to us, Jack? The leader of the strike scabbed. Oh, man. Jack. They Francis. By the way, they put their faith back into him so quickly oh, yeah. after he's just like, you know what, guys? It was a bad idea. They're like, ah, oh, sure, Jack. <laughs> it's true. I just didn't buy it. I felt like I would well, I understand. be so mad. <laughs> I'd still be mad at him. He still sold us out. I, no, guess, I guess he reproved himself by rescuing David is the yeah. what we're supposed to yeah. believe. All right. So David, whose uh, sister is the love interest who doesn't get to sing, uh, she's the, they're both being roughed up by cronies of the paper man. And, uh, I think it's the Delancey brothers oh. is their name. And, uh, yes, our, our man Christian Bale, Batman's in, beats up the bad guys, <laughs> saves the girl. Yeah, and we haven't mentioned uh, Bill Pullman. Or Paxton. Oh, I always mix it up. Is Pullman. Paxton Pullman, or Pullman? You're correct. Okay. President of Earth, Bill Pullman, <laughs> is uh, plays a de- reporter who smiles a lot. And he... <laughs> He's, and has ingratiated himself to the children. Right. By buying them a lot of stuff. So yeah. much so much food. I'm surprised like how like he's like I'm a very well to do journalist. He was very opulent. We ended up at his house and they just opened the door and it is fancy, oh, guys. Yeah. There was a time when but journalism he knows really Teddy paid. Roosevelt, so <laughs> true, yeah, they're buds somehow. Yes, Governor Teddy Roosevelt is a <laughs> character with screen time in this movie. <laughs> 
was a decent Teddy Roosevelt uh, impersonator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. I bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, Christian Bale, uh, Jack, Jack, Jack Kelly, happens while he is scabbing to walk past um, all of the family members from his uh, his new friends and and his new like girl he's into getting beat up by the Delancey brothers. So he just goes in, he beats up all the, he beats up both Delancey brothers. Batman style. Batman style. And then suddenly they just show up at Bill Pullman's house. (laughs) And then they're just like, you can't go away. Cause so Bill Pullman rolls in. He's like, you kids, you kids are a story. And he starts covering the story. They're the only newspaper in town that's covering the story. And then suddenly it doesn't go well. And he's like, well, I can't do the story because the paper doesn't want me to do the story. So bye. I'm going back to the war. So they run over and they're like, how dare you? How dare you like turn your back on, on what's right. As though he could publish a story that the paper wouldn't publish. He's not the paper editor. He's just a reporter. But he could publish the story in the basement of Pulitzer's house where they all break in and start using the secret old-timey paper press. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Which is, in a, in a movie filled with, like, unbelievable stuff, like, it's even more unbelievable the idea that they'd be able to just get into this fortified castle. We see it as gates and walls and everything, and he's still able to get, they are able to get in and run a printing press all night long without rousing anyone. Yeah. I mean... I mean, isn't that the place where he was staying, though? It is. Jack it's the staying? place where he was staying. That's how he knew it was there. He pretty much got tossed down there, and it's basically like, don't make any problems, stay down here. <laughs> don't make any problems down here by this printing press and all this paper <laughs> and ink. And not only did he make some problems, he made some problems. Because they print all these newspapers where they decide that they're going to take them to all of the kids working in all of the different kinds of sweatshop industries. Mm-hmm. So somehow they rally all the kids together and in and there's this little footnote at the bottom of this newspaper that was really underplayed and made the whole ending confusing because it says something about how the warden of like the kids jail was like corrupt and doing some weird shit, but it doesn't tell us anything. Right. And then fast forward to that paper in the hand of Teddy Roosevelt, and Teddy Roosevelt goes, I'm glad you brought this to me, Bill Pullman. <laughs> yep, I needed to know about this, and I'm going to do something about it. Right. But we, st- I still don't know exactly... What Warden Snyder what did. Warden oh, what he did? Snyder did. Yeah, I don't either, and he yeah. gets like... Locked up and carted away. Right. He gets put in a paddy wagon. <laughs> right. And there's this whole idea that's like, yeah, they're going to put him away for life. And it's like, okay. For we, what? But he's basically just like the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He just is focused on this yes. one kid and follows him through the whole movie. But we don't actually see him do anything that's like illegal or actually even wrong. Like we get the idea that obviously he runs this prison for children and that's kind of fucked up. But assuming that a prison for children is legal you know, at the time. That is kind of fucked up. That is kind of well, fucked up. Well, but this is also at a time when kids could be sent down into salt mines. So, Darcy, do you think this movie was appropriate viewing for you when you were a child? Um, yeah. I was I was actually thinking of this when you guys were talking earlier about how, how um, 
historical and and grown up of a theme it is. Um, because it's one of the few themes that still works as a kids movie because yeah. the union was actually initiated by children. So you can it, you can see how they are trying to get you to kind of get into that perspective. So I think it I think it was. I mean, I definitely missed a lot, but it was I, I I'm glad that I <laughs> had that as part of my childhood. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Laura. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you pick up nothing from this movie, you still pick up really fun song and dance, which as a small kid is great. Um, You know, like if I want to get critical about it, it would have been nice to have more female characters, period. Oh, for sure. However, I I can understand in this specific circumstance how it was very male-centric because it was about... The newsboys coming together right. and doing a union. I, I assume get that. there weren't very I would many like female. To see, yeah, newsies. I'd like to see the um the corollary of them doing the yeah the shirtwaist factory girls mm-hmm. that put put together like a great thing. They were all like 16, 17 years old. Mm. Yeah, there was the shirtwaist factory fire. Yeah. I think that mm. uh, that ended up killing uh, quite a few young women. Uh, well, yeah. girls. Uh, that was a huge turn, and it was point. one of the. You it know, was about ten years after this. It was interesting because that was something that Bill Pullman's character like makes like a little bit of a reference to in general. And the whole idea is that they use this printing press at the end to make all these flyers to give to all the sweatshops, and it's based on the idea that Bill Pullman had written this big long article about how New York is built on the backs of child labor. Which was really, like, becoming sort of a thing. I mean, this movie takes place in 1899, and uh, a bunch of reforms that included, like, barring child labor would happen in the next 20 years. So it's interesting to see, like, that this was a time when, like, child labor was, like, not a bad, like, not considered socially a bad thing. Hmm. And so theoretically, a jail for children was also not considered a bad thing. So, Darcy, should you choose to rear children, do you think you will show them Newsies? (laughs) Oh, um, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would love to. Of course. That's a, it's a, like you said, if nothing else, it's got some great music and dancing. So that's uh, fun. And there's, there's nothing really, I couldn't think of anything really objectionable about it. You know, I mean, you, a lot, some movies don't, don't age very well in certain respects. And other, other than like that weird meta, uh, meta M-E-D-D-A, the, the, and uh-huh. Margaret character and and Jack, that was the only thing that was like that's a little weird. <laughs> um, that stuck out to me. Right, and I guess the nice thing is like the meta Jack relationship actually doesn't cross into the realm of being like inappropriate. It's no. more just like mm, relationships <laughs> a little weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like we don't see them like sleeping together. Or, no, nothing, or, like, nothing some, questionable. Or like Jack, happens. you should come back to my house later. <laughs> wink. You know. Yeah. So, Laura, do you have any plans to show Little Ones Newsies? I would so, so, so absolutely watch this with my kid because it's an enjoyable movie. Like, as an adult, too. I I had a good time. And, like, then I can sit down and talk to them about, like, how they have rights and about then we can talk about the history of how my kid doesn't have to go to work because these kids fought for it. 
Yeah, I do think that would be. There's like a lot of it. Yeah. It, it true, can give very, you if you want to be mm-hmm. an engaged parent. If you don't want to be an engaged parent, good song <laughs> and dance. If you want to be an engaged parent, this is a really great way to actually say, "Hey, kid, you get to sit back and go to school and like be a kid for a really long time because these kids did it and they fought for it. So be grateful." Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is interesting how you see so many kids in this movie and there's never once mention of school because yeah. none of them would have gone to they school. They go to school, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, there is one mention of school. And it's a mention um, when they're in the house with the family. Mm-hmm. And the father says, as soon as I'm better, David, you're going back to school because that's what mm-hmm. I want you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I actually think that was a really important line to point out that School was only accessible to people that had the resources to give it. It it was a luxury. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important that David uh, and his family are shown because most of the characters are implied to be orphans or at Mm -hmm. least run or like runaways or not have any sort of benefactors at all. And so they're actually staying in bunk houses attached to the newspaper depot. Which, which is crazy when you think about it. Like, almost like itinerant workers now, there were just bunk rooms filled with orphans who would go out, who would then have to spend their own money to buy newspapers yeah. from the place whose bunkhouse they're staying in. And they and were also renting them. beds in the bunkhouse. Right. Yeah. All so right. They had nothing. Well, this brings us to our title question Do I still love it, Darcy Kendall? Oh, definitely. I I loved it. I loved seeing it again. It was great. Laura Weiss. I loved it more. (laughs) Uh, Well, so this was my first time seeing it. And I've got to say that I I really dig the messaging and I like it historically. Uh, It was was quite long. It's two hours long. It needed a firmer hand with an editor, and I will Mm -hmm. agree with that. To be fair, if they cut out all the meta stuff, it would probably be a reasonable... (laughs) <laughs> amount yeah. of time and get actually, out of here Anne margaret i do remember um i don't remember a lot of the stage show but i did see the stage show and she is not in it as far as i can recall so yeah and so that's i i do feel like her her character and margaret's character was was kind of irrelevant so cutting her out i think would have sped up the pace a little bit and then also i will say that the random mismatched uh accents and they're like we gotta like make sure people know that it's 1900, so yeah. everyone's gotta say, you know, woik. Uh, and I think after a while, I'm like, okay, okay, but you're all children actors, and you're not doing the accents well, and I'm getting tired, <laughs> tired of it. So I'll say that I enjoyed it. Fair. But I, mm. uh, I, I don't know if I feel like little me had very little patience for musicals. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if I would have loved it when I was a kid, but I do agree that this would be like a fun thing to show kids that you could kind of like explain that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time when kids had to go to work just like mommy and daddy do, you know, that sort of thing. All right. Well, I'd really like to thank our guest, Darcy Kendall, a musician and songstress for uh, coming on and uh, reviewing a musical with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. So, Darcy, are you involved in any projects or goings on that the listeners can check out? Oh, uh, I'm involved in many goings on at the Second City Hollywood. Uh, Right now, I'm playing piano for two premium shows that we have there. Um, 
Hispanic Attack, which is Fridays at 8 p.m. Fantastic. Um, and also Live Rude Girls, which is right after that at 9.30 p.m. on Fridays. Um, there's a couple cool things about that night. Uh, they're running a promotion right now where you can see both shows for $20, which nice. is $4 off because it's $12 individually. And also, it's probably the only night of the week that you will not see any white men on stage. At Second City. Wow. Yeah. A, a very, a lot of diversity at the Yes. City. Hispanic Attack is an all Latino cast, and then Live Rude Girls is an all female cast. So Fantastic. And uh, do you have any social media you want to plug? Oh, um, I am at Supposedly Darcy, uh, D-A-R-C-Y, on Instagram and Twitter. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on uh, for Do I Still Love It? I'm Marshall James, uh, but I'm saying good night. This has been a Thank you.